Ladies, gentlemen, and our friends between and beyond, and welcome to another episode of Hook Cooks. My name is Mitch, the Monster Chef, and I'd like to formally welcome you all to the Kitchen of Creativity. Last time we were here, we managed a vegan miracle, a very cheesy dish without any actual cheese. So I thought it might be fun this episode if we tried to do the opposite and sneak cheese into everything without it being noticeable. I reckon it'll be pretty fun. (laughs) Okay. My name is Dishbot. Tonight I'll be playing the role of Jack. I don't have any cheese-related plans for this part, but did, did you? How? What was your plan for sneaking in cheese here? I've already done it. Damn. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm your lot of critter, Connor. <laughs> I uh, damned a local stream yesterday. Its soul is mine. Time to roll up our sleeves for another shift here in the Hook Cook Kitchen. I am excited, as always I am, to take a pre-prepared prompt from our producer, Vinny, and turn that into a fresh, full-bodied, and oftentimes fragrant radio play segment that we call The Plate Up. If you'd like to submit your own prompt in for hookery and or cookery, you can shoot that through to cooksofhooks at gmail.com or reach out to us across the socials with at hook underscore cooks. Speaking of that prompt, chefs slash BFFs, let's get cooking. What are we working with, Jack? Uh, It's Divining Peak tonight. Oh, just really no ceremony on that at all. (laughs) It's Divining Peak. Divining? It's uh, Divining Peak. Peak. Divining Peak. We're going to do Divining Peak tonight. Divining Peak. Yeah. All right. Well, divining peak. Uh, that certainly piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to know uh, what your best before yesterday's are. Your very first ideas. The first uh, horses out of the gate here. Um, Jack, what is your first best before yesterday? All right. Here we go. Divining peak. This is the period of time within a fortune teller's career where they are at the height of their powers. Is generally experienced by most magical practitioners from the age of 175 to 190. Many mystics have been accused of licking the underbelly of a swamp toad to extend their divining peak. But unfortunately, until the International Magical Integrity Association begins proper urinalysis testing, this is impossible to prove. <laughs> Performance enhancing drugs. drugs. Not even once, guys. Yeah. yeah, dude, hit me. Hit me right here, dude. Hit me. Yeah, dude, I... I want to be able to to fireball at least 120. <laughs> yeah, um, I would, you know, take it without question. Um, you would, you would uh, magical steroids, me. hit me up, hit me, give yeah. me the big magic needle into my butt. Well, it's um, not a needle, be... is it? You are licking the underbelly of a swamp toad. Ah, uh, no needle? I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually... Your your performance, your high performance trainer licks the underbelly of the uh, swamp toad and then right. licks the back of your calf because that's the only way for you to get past the um, the testing. But once they do urinalysis, as you yeah, said, Jack, yeah. it'll it'll shut. I down reckon I can get some yeah. toad free piss. <laughs> 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 oh. 
<laughs> okay, okay. So interesting, interesting dividing peak uh, uh, from Jack there. Uh, Mitch, what's your best before yesterday? What's your first submission here? Oh, look, it's on a similar, um, similar book, different chapter, perhaps. <clears throat> divining peak. From the learned wisdom that brought you tea leaves, omens, and other prophetic phenomena comes the divining peak. Is your widow's peak a little curly, or is it straight? Does it sit in the center of your forehead, or a little to one side? Do you even have a widow's peak, and have you got the widow to prove it? The divining peak is the barbershop experience that'll leave you with a great haircut and an ominous feeling of dread. Oh, mm. Such an interest, interesting and uh, abstract idea that you've presented here. What does it look like? <clears throat> Okay, so it looks like you come in and you get a haircut and the hairdresser looks at your widow's peak and reads your fortune from it. Okay. Okay. There was a section of this that I cut where the Divining Peaks was a barbershop quartet who would look at your um, widow's peak and then sing you prophetic songs. But, I mean, I wanted to get a barbershop quartet in there, but they can just be in the background. Yeah, they're just there. It's a barbershop, so yeah. and we know that you know most barbershops hey, have a quartet. Th- this is our all the ones I've ever. This been is to. our mind palace, and so exactly. our mind palace has a barbershop yeah. quartet in it, and you can't do yeah. anything about it, listener. Let us hear your uh, primo submissions for the divining peak prompt. I want to know what your meat and potatoes are, Jack. Could you hit me up with your meat and potatoes entry? Sure. Divining Peak. The listener and their crew travel up the perilous mountain of the Mira in search of the great Divining Peak, where it is said one will experience visions of the future. Along the way, as a test of their worth, they must brave horrors from potential futures they may experience. Will the fissure of frailty sap them of their strength and trap them within its rocky walls? Will the cavern of cantankerousness turn this intrepid crew upon itself? What terrors lurk within the icy cave of incontinence? The crew must brave all this and more should they wish to find their way to the Great Dividing Peak and uncover the secrets of tomorrow. <laughs> secrets of there tomorrow! Was, yeah, you started to, as it went on, you are like, Ma, into the wild of tomorrow! tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I like that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's a very smooth transition. The cave of cantankerousness seems like a real bummer, but outside of that, like, uh, what what a weird natural feelings <laughs> Epcot that you've designed yeah. for us to explore. What's it uh, like to be old? <laughs> the days of now. <laughs> Come in, and we've reduced the human experience to rooms. Yeah. Feeling sad? We have a room for that. It's a mountain, <laughs> but yeah, I guess it could be a It's got caves and stuff. It, caves are like God's room. Caves are like God's rooms. You know? Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Every other room spits in God's face. That's what I've always said. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it ain't naturally formed out of the ground, it's blasphemy. <laughs> you with your unnatural rooms. <laughs> Heathens, you man-made, man-made rooms. Man-made rooms with man-made sons. Heathens. <laughs> yeah, um, I think um, there is a lot to work with. Specifically, the thing I like the most is the kind of world of tomorrow angle, 
that you've taken to I know that was like your narration. <laughs> like, not really a part of it at all. I said I said the word tomorrow in that accent. First I was like, oh, it's like a natural mountain with like the fantasy caves. But as your voice changed into like the the announcer <laughs> voice, it became like a 1960s like view if you dare. <laughs> But hey, before mm. we go too far into the the wonderful world of the faultless Walt Disney, um, Mitch, uh, what have you got for a meat and potatoes? I'll tell you what. Um, spoiler alert: there is a mountain in this one too. Oh, <clears throat> there's only one way to become a god: climb the divining peak. But godhood is not just something any person with a team of Sherpas and $300 crampons can reach. No, the swirling winds of the Divining Peak test you. They sap your strength, your willpower, and even take your memories. The higher you climb, the more you forget. Little things at first, the taste of your favorite fruit, the name of the street you grew up on, other security question stuff. Rise higher, and all but the core of you will be blown away. And if that core drive, that central hunger, is anything but achieving the summit, then you are lost to wonder, forgetting and forgotten until the divining peak claims you another soul to feed those who make it to the top. Godhood. Godhood. You're trying to get become to a top. god by getting to the top of the mountain. Yep. And the, the higher up you climb, the more of yourself you lose. So achieving godhood has to be like... You gotta want it. You gotta want it. It's like a real test of character, I guess. Yeah. You gotta want it so much mm-hmm. so that, like, if you forget yeah. everything else, um, I was sort of inspired by Journey, you know, um, the video game Journey, where you, you know you're just sort of chasing a peak, but you're not sure why really, and it becomes clearer to you. But yeah, and I also like the idea that if you don't have that, then eventually you run out of you. Know, you don't remember why you're climbing this mountain. You get sort of stuck up there. Uh, and the people that die there, like that energy is what creates the godhood in the sure. next person who climbs to the top. Yeah. And then they can enter the world of tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, yeah. I mean, I like it very much as a central conceit. I worry there's not as much opportunity to put window dressing on oh, it. Oh, yeah. No. It feels, you know, it's a, it's a very kind of straightforward idea. You would climb a mountain. I suppose we could flesh out a world around mm. the ritual of it. I think it's more like but... a test of a character, sort of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah, more of a character building thing than a world building thing, which I. Yes. It's a very mm, interesting single idea. I suppose. Well, I think it's yeah, very interesting. It would be like, what are the tests? I feel like it's it's quite an internal journey, so I'm not as compelled sure. to flesh out a journey like that with you boys because it's very much seems like it would be, you know, about what's happening internally and, like, what it mm. means to lose those parts of yourself. And I do think it's interesting. I can't <laughs> get past the World of Tomorrow vibe. I think the 1960s World of Tomorrow vibe okay. is absolutely going to be a central part yeah. of this despite it being completely incidental and unintended on Jack's front. I also kind of liked the idea of the <laughs> divining peak being the height of like a psychic's right. powers, you know? So could we buy that into the world of tomorrow, that into this mountain that's filled with like rooms of some kind? I don't know if we can keep the cavern of cantankerousness like within the world of tomorrow vibe. I'd like to. What about the icy cave in incontinence? The icy cave of incontinence is a fan favorite. 
<laughs> God, I have the ICK for me. What if it's me. like a it's like a world of tomorrow, right? But it's mm. about yep. it's about like divination, ex- like it's for people to people who have divination powers to travel through. And it's like literally the world of tomorrow, as in you're all psychic. Yeah, maybe it's like so a- come and view the world of tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. I you know, I like the idea of the divining peak being a exhibition of the divining best. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 best in divining. You know, I don't and and maybe at the top level, at the very like elite level there is like a mm-hmm. um a QA with a god or something, you know. Well, if it's if it's an exhibition, right? Then the top level, the divining peak is whatever like these people are putting out, whoever's like assembled this. Yeah. is putting out as like the new thing in divination, right? So <laughs> at, at the <laughs> at the bottom it would be like, you know, tea leaves. Uh reading palms and tea leaves and stuff like uh, that. Old, and you gradually old move shit. up and then you the peak would be What's the new harness? I I <laughs> I think that's funny. I don't really know what the like like is it you're just moving from a room to a room. You have to steal it or like or take it or destroy it or something. It. We need yeah. to put a story in there. You're right. You are right. We need a story in there. Stealing but we even, do a lot. Like with a story, like what's the like crunchy stuff in the middle, right? Like what's the like what what is happening beyond like someone telling you your future and you moving to the next room? Like, sure, in the first room, they tell you your future, and we're, fuck, boys, we're really tiptoeing around a, a, a time traveling yeah. time travel yeah. episode yeah. in a really dangerous manner. Make it vague. Um, yeah, the first room, they tell you your future, and then you leave it, and you go to the next. Like, the place is designed for you to move through the rooms without conflict, well, I, I think, right? So where's the conflict? I think that's a good point. One thing that I feel like will be is that each room as they get closer is going to show you more a more detailed glimpse of your future, right? Like at the bottom uh, level, I, it's going to be like just blurry omens and stuff. And then it's going to get to the top and they're going to be yeah. like a barber looks at your hair and is like bent on red. Um, but all the way up to the top <laughs> that you're red. getting like crimson is the way, you know, and like backwards further, sure. further. Um, and I mean, maybe okay. it's showing you something that you don't want to see. Maybe the the conflict is that they all know you're going to steal it because they saw it because they saw it in the future. <laughs> so you show up and they're like, "There he is!" <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I know it's folding in on itself. I'm it is folding in yeah, itself, right. but that's that is interesting, and I oh, want to okay. explore that little hmm. path. The first scene is the person's like, welcome to the future is you. Yeah. Or whatever we call it. Here, take, let me have your palm. And she like reads it and she's like, fuck. And like calls the guards. And at that point, it's a heist. Right? Well, do you know walking in that you are going to steal it? Yes, but maybe like you. I think I like the idea. 
you planning to improvise it because as soon as someone reads your future, they're going to know how you're trying to steal it. So you have to wait until someone's read it and then do it all reactive. God, it's going to be time traveling. <laughs> yeah, so you, your your plan is based off the idea that they know that you're going to steal. Yeah, it's that's oh a real God. inception so, right, heist right. stuff. Yeah. So right, so, this is this is classic sci-fi where you're like, if I don't know, they can't know. Yeah, right? no, you you go in being like, they're going to read my hand, my palm, and they're going to know as soon as they read my palm that I want to steal the thing. It, so it, my plan to steal the thing is based off them doing that and I like know what their reaction will be. They'll like, I don't know, take me to a security room or something like that. And okay, my plan starts from now, there. Now, I, 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 will, I will interject here. We have done a number of heists. Yeah. Could we change this so that we don't end up with a too much of a heist vibe? Can it be more of a like destroyer thing or... Mm-hmm you know, or get something into somewhere. I mean, I feel like it could be something where you like have to find increasing like levels of distraction while you're being divined. So like to try and throw the people divining you off the scent and it gets harder and harder as the, their, the quality of divination gets higher. So if we're using the kind of like World's Fair, world of tomorrow kind of vibe, your yeah. your initial stuff would be like, you know, almost Melbourne show kind of stuff where it's all like stalls and show bags and mm. little um, like a venues gaming convention and carnival sort of games. And yeah, like, and a really simple stuff with lots of palm reading, like you say, like, you know, balloon animals, et cetera. And then you'd move up to like where the business leaders are looking at the technology of tomorrow, right? Yeah. That would be the next thing on your World's Fair. You know, there'd be like big exhibitions and like ride throughs and specific things like that. And, and then, of course, the the top of the World's Fair is like, you know, some kind of psychic dragon like it is in real life. The Divining mm-hmm. Peak. Yeah, I think, I think moving it away from like individual rooms and into more of like an actual like open space mm-hmm. solve some of that because you okay. don't have to like like you can experience the fair and then you know you, you I suppose get in that middle section a bit of like exposition around what the thing you're trying to destroy is mm-hmm. yep and then the last bit is trying to destroy it in terms of what the kind of MacGuffin is that we're chasing do you guys have any ideas Barbershop mm. Quartet. It's Barbershop Quartet for Mitch. A prophetic um, Barbershop Quartet that sings the future. I love yeah. it. Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. What if it's just like the entrails of some birds? <laughs> <laughs> this, this hot new technology. <laughs> we got off the head of a chicken. And we just let it run around until it falls over. And look, the blood, the blood, the, the blood tells you all you need to it's know. Safe. It's bet on um, red. Oh, it could be like a, could be like a robot, or like a, um, a robot barbershop quartet, like a robot barbershop quartet, or it could be. What if it's like we we do one of the like it's like a boy or a robot boy if you need to make it a little bit more abstracted or something. A child, yeah. I should say. Like and, a legit prophet. Yeah. Kind of. And it's like, you know, do you kill this child? 
You want to do that? That's our world of tomorrow. Will you murder this baby? Do you have what it takes to end this 11-year-old? He (laughs) likes Pokemon. Okay. Okay. So instead of that, what if it's a, um, it's like, you know, a magical artifact of some kind. It's, what did they use in Wanted? They used a big loom. You, where, where, right. yeah, yeah, you forgot about that. It says, it says in Morse code, based off if it goes over yeah. or under, what it wants people to do and who it kill. wants people yeah. to kill. Jesus Christ! Really, what a flashback! Oh my god! The, yeah, sorry guys, sorry if you haven't oh. seen the film Wanted yet, but um, we- you know, shocking twist is that it, it's they're all listening to a big magic loom. <laughs> Who Morgan? And then it's revealed that Morgan Freeman's cheating. Yeah, cheating the loom. If we were just following the loom, it would be fine. But yeah, they- because Morgan <laughs> cheated, we have to stop it all. Proceed <laughs> with sort of killing Morgan Freeman purely because he didn't follow the loom. Exactly. Uh-huh. What? What's something similar that's like a to um, a loom, a mechanism? Yeah, yeah. I want a, a spiritual successor, like, like hair cutting scissors or <laughs> like hair cutting. I feel like you're not being very like helpful in this this journey that we're going on. I feel like maybe you've got one idea again. <laughs> I want more than one right. idea. Let me come up with a second idea. Uh, it's it's right. a very old typewriter. Ooh, that's interesting. That's cool. That's something you can destroy, and it's something that could like is alien enough that maybe you're not going to feel bad, but also it could talk to you. Yeah, you put paper in the top, and it types itself. And it's like, tick 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 tick. Please don't kill me. Tick tick tick. Please, please, please. Tick 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 tick. Please, please, please. I'm a sympathetic character in this narrative. Get on red. Bad on red. Bad on, on red. Red. You need a haircut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's cool. Um, so there's a psychic typewriter that has been yeah. developed by. Can we make a, a psychic Disney here? Because we're like, this is what sure. we've done, right? We've essentially made like a Disney World for psychics. Yeah, Psycorp. 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 All right, it's Psycorp. Cool. All right, so Psycorp. Who did you ever name your company Psycorp? So Walt Psycorp. Walt Psycorp. Yeah. My name is Walt Psycorp, and this is my world of tomorrow today. (laughs) And uh, you you go in, and on the, the floor, it's like, uh, psy- psychic methods of old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where you can yeah. read some bird entrails and stuff. Yeah, bird entrails, in dog there. entrails, cat entrails, goat entrails. There's a whole yeah. entrails lane. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, palm reading uh, tarot, you've got your um, smokes of various intensity. Um, you I'm know, curious about this lot. middle section, this business section. Like, cause this is where I want to. This is what we need, I think, to flesh out. And I also have another thing that I feel like I should draw attention to. This is a very meaty dish at the moment, mm. and I feel like maybe it would be paired well with some greenery. Yeah, before we paint ourselves too much into a corner with Walt's yeah, cycle here. That's a great. That's a great idea. Um, so the side salad is a part of the show where my mom has presented a 
us with a uh, series of additional prompts for us to consider in relation to what we've come up with so far tonight. We have not seen these before. I'm going to spin a big wheel, and whatever we get is what we get, and we got to work it in. Spin it up. It's an interesting one. It's uh, it's 24-hour time jump. Ooh. Okay. okay. We're about to get time travel here. Mm. Okay. Maybe um, you've done something to give yourself short-term amnesia of the past 24 hours so that when you are psychically measured at the door, it like show, like looks up and there's like nothing like. glaringly threatening because you've yeah. forgotten about it and then somehow through the course of the time and maybe like you find your agents and they're like fortune tellers, they read... You know, they they managed to like return those memories to you in some way. Yeah. Okay. So so it's like a you're dropped in, and at the start you don't know what the fuck is going on at all, right? Yeah. Like your whole briefing has been erased from your mind. Like the last thing you remember, you definitely did work for a a, a, like security company or whatever and inside of 24 hours they have grabbed you put you in a van briefed you on what needs to happen and then erased that period of your memory so from your perspective you're just walking around doing your job and then suddenly you wake up at cyclop right yeah and the the fortune tellers that talk to you in that first level are like your handlers right they'll be like well I can't tell you too much, but know that you're here for a reason. And they're like, maybe they're trying to like guide you without telling you too much because you'll be vulnerable to like psychic probing or something. Like, what are your thoughts there? I mean, I think that fits well with that sort of old style of fortune telling. You know, they're giving you, um, you know, omens and suggestions and things like that that don't really make a lot of clear sense until after the fact and you know we're not going to have to like come up with all those things to make it look interesting but i like that idea where you know they're saying things to you and it's only until like the moment when you know something appears in front of you that you realize oh that's what they were talking about and know what action to take because they've given you some coded vague message right so they'll they'll give you like the snake um the snake must be coiled and then you'll get somewhere and you'll like see a cable and you'll realize that it needs to be coiled around something or something like that. Or or like, you you know, I, I like, I sense in you a great fear of dogs and, um, you know, Walt Psycorp, you see like walking a dog and that's how you know that he's like the main threat if you didn't, or someone is or something like that, you know, that's, I mean, I like it, but it also seems really specific. Like it takes a lot of yeah. A lot and of that's kinda, oh, again, t- it's a little time traveling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, speaking of time travel, you'll love this idea. What if the device, uh, the best thing for um, being able to uh, predict the future, is something that sends you twenty four hours back in time? Because it's, you know, there you go. Okay. 20, you yeah. know, what's the best way to read the future is actually go through it, right? Huh. Which would be a terrifying device that if someone had, they could do terrifying, terrifying things with. Um, so, good incentive to destroy it. I mean, we don't necessarily need to use it. We, like, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, you just see Walt, Psycorp, like, like two versions of him walk onto the stage, right? 
Yeah, yeah. You'd start to see that he's abusing the power. Yeah, that's cool. I like yeah, that. Cool. I am curious about, and this is something that will be fun to consider: how to destroy something that can go. Well, I mean, can it go back in time as well? Like, if you destroy it, is there only one version of it? Does it? Um, yeah, I'm like, Ooh. I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. It, yeah. Like, in terms of like, can if there's multiple versions of Walt. Does that mean there's multiple like opportunities for him to preserve this device? I would say probably no, because what we're actually introducing by having multiple Waltz is that it's a fixed timeline mm. that it's all happening then. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, and it always did happen that In way. In which case, that's so- real challenging because Walt can go. No, oh no! I mean, you know, he can't, right? If it's a fixed timeline, he would need to know it's going to happen yeah. because it's a fixed timeline. He can send, he he can make a plan, yeah. right, and then be like, "Aha! It looks like my plan's working. I'll have to go back and do that later." Mm. Mm. But he can't if he doesn't know something. If he's not aware of something, he can't plan for it because it's a fixed timeline. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Once you destroy right, it, he right? can't go back if and anything, stop you from you- destroying it because he doesn't have the machine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Wibbly, so wibbly. we do that, and and that way, what we're actually dealing with is a time traveler, and not yes, time travel for the itself. actual protagonist. Yep. Yeah, you know. Okay, so Walt Cycle. No, that's oh man. Walt Cycle uh. has invented time travel. This is his biggest psychic development yet. Um, he is a um, a frontier technologist in the realm of psychic technology. Um, this is the largest psychic show on the planet. You have been sent in. I still don't mind the idea that your uh, memory has been erased. Like, I maybe we don't need it to be specifically twenty four hours because we're not using yeah, that. I think that's cool padding, and like it gives cool you something to do in that first bit. That first bit, yeah. Mm. I like the idea that at the start you'd be like. What am I meant to do and who am I even meant to trust here? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Let's work on that um, corporate suite. We haven't really fleshed that out, right? So that'll be Walt giving like a lecture, establishing him as the threat. Yeah. So he'll give a lecture and then, whoa, a second Walt walks out. And that's the technology of the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they play a game of table tennis together. (laughs) Yeah. And then maybe while you're watching it, a third Walt comes up from behind you or something, you know, something like that to kick it up a gear. And he's Mm. like, I know you're with them. You don't even know who you're with yet. I know you're with them. And you're like, oh, God. In the sort of inevitable boss fight with Walt Sycorp. (laughs) Yeah. It makes makes that like really interesting because he'd have like lots of different versions of himself. Yeah, what if, and uh, okay, a different Walt comes up from behind you and it's like, good guy Walt. Right. They have different personalities. At this point, he's been doing it for so long that he's lost track of which ones are in like which thread. He sent you. Oh, he sent you. Walt sent you. <laughs> he knew how to get through. Yeah. He's, he's like, I don't, I've lived this day for a hundred years. Yeah. I don't know how many of me there are. I know this device needs to be destroyed. I know if you destroy the device, you'll destroy all of me. All of the yeah. psychops. 
I love that's that. That's cool ass. Yeah. I really, really like that. That's awesome. It ties it way back into like how how unfortunately how time travel <laughs> is in a, its own way the sci-fi divining. Yeah. And then there's our world of tomorrow. I love mashing together the aesthetic of like old school fortune telling and tarot with your 1960s world of tomorrow vibe. All right. I think we might need to pick a scene. I think it might be best to do you realizing what your mission is via tarot. We can even add that there's lots of posters and banners with Walt Psycorp on them so that we get really familiar with his face. And then the very end of what we would talk about is Walt approaching you. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Sounds good, I think. Sure. Where's the confidence? Where's where's the love? You guys, that, that yeah? yeah? Hey, hey, it's Mitch from the future. I've come <laughs> back 24 hours to tell you that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mitch, for the future. Let's power on through to the plate up. Oh, no, wait. I was the bad Mitch. La, la, la. For a moment, all you see... All you know is the eye of that charmed snake, yellow-tinged and eternal as Psycorp security scours your mind for risks to the company. They don't find anything. There's nothing there. You don't even know why you're here at Psycorp's psychic world of tomorrow expo. Your memories are little more than smoke and mirrors. You finally pass through the gates and blink the stinging remnants of that ophidian eye from your vision, looking about with unabashed curiosity. You see tarot tellers and palm readers, crystal bowlers and tea leavers, stall after stall, each one quirkier than the last. Well, where better than an expo of psychics to find out what you're meant to be doing? There's a tickle at the back of your neck as you lean over your tea leaves, breathing in the scent as the psychic consults them. You look around, but see only the milling crowd. Where the old man? The psychic croaks. Your eyes narrow and you look back again. Hadn't you just met eyes with an old man? Perhaps your mind was playing tricks. You step out of the tea-dank tent and continue browsing. In the crystal bowl, you see a blurry, stooped figure growing closer and closer. You squint, trying to make them out. Finally, the smoke shifts and you see the friendly, recognizable face of Walt Psycho, familiar as ever, the smiling host of this little expo. You startle back before realizing that the image is only a reflection of a nearby poster. Still, a shiver ripples down your spine as you turn to go. Something about that man jolts the animal part of your brain. Recognition? Revulsion? Friend or foe? The tarot falls. The will of fortune reversed. A breaking of cycles. The tower reversed. Averting disaster. The emperor upright. Clarity begins to form. You catch another glimpse of an old man watching you as you contemplate the reading and feel a cold chill in your bones. If that is who you think it is, then he's on to you. The incredible carnival of clairvoyance bombards your psychically sensitive senses. The noise, the color, the unrelenting incense. You stagger forward, locating a bench to rest upon and gather your thoughts. The throbbing of your panicked mind begins to quiet, the urgent murmur of hidden memories momentarily subsiding. 
The fluttering of colorful banners catches your eye. Upon them, the visage of a man. His name in bold words below, Walt Sycorp. You've never heard of the man, right? And yet, again, with seeing his face comes a terrible pulse of deeply submerged memory, a depth charge heard from shore. You hear his voice. It plays over speakers next to a screen nearby, accompanied by a projection of the man himself. You sit and watch. Greetings, one and all. I'm Walt Sycorp. Welcome to my wonderful world of tomorrow. You are all here to see the very forefront of foresight, the technological tippy-top of the transmundane, and fear not, my fortunate fortune-telling friends, for you've arrived at the very summit of the psychic arts. This year, the show is bigger and better than ever. Of course, we predicted that last year. However, this is something truly, truly spectacular, and I will be unveiling it at the event tonight. So make sure to attend the main stage for my exhibition. Come one, come all, from so-so seers to smooth soothsayers, from middling mediums to profiting prophets. Trust me when I say that even a crowd like you won't see this coming. His voice is warm and charming, yet it turns your blood to ice. You are standing, your knuckles white from desperately clenched fists. Your mind is still clouded, but you know somehow that he is the reason you are here. He is the reason you are here, and he is dangerous. A fresh chill runs down your spine, and you see the old man in the reflection of a display case watching you. You turn to face him, but he is gone. You pick up speed, glancing over your shoulder. You've seen him again, and again, he's disappeared. You know, in your bones, in your heart, practically every piece of you but your recently scoured memories, that you have to avoid him. You merely bump into a table of crystal balls, muttering a hurried apology to the owner. They wave it off, mention something about how they knew it was going to happen. You continue at pace. You rush through the crowd. Psychics seem to flow around you like water, each one of them always one step out of harm's way. They, in their esoteric wisdom, know where you're going to be, and you manage an impressive speed through those shifting human sands. Far too late, you realize that they haven't actually been flowing out of your way. They've been guiding you, the way the riverbanks guide a river, easing your passage in exactly the direction they want you to go in exactly the direction he wants you to go. The realization hits you like a badly done oral reading. You try to stop and trip on some particularly ominous entrails. The momentum carries you tumbling forward and a silver end into a small chicken enclosure. Erupts and squawks and scattered feathers. You haven't the time to wonder whether they're protesting the way you just desecrated one of their recently deceased friends for the chaos of your arrival. A strong hand grips you and drags you into the coop proper. It is dark, smelly, 
and carries the unmistakable air of a place that is being actively lived in. You look into the old, watery eyes of your captor. Walt Psycorp. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep. And with that, your memories are clear. And miles to go before I sleep, you reply. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, you know, we really flew close to the sun regarding time travel again this time, yeah. guys. I'm glad yeah. we ended up picking a scene that didn't relate too much to the time traveler in our plot. Yeah. Mm. Our wings have never been hotter, but by gosh, is the view from up here pretty spectacular. Thank you for joining us here in the Hook Cook Kitchen. Uh, if you have a prompt that you'd like us to turn into an episode, you can shoot that through to cooksofhooks at gmail.com or use at hook underscore cooks for the socials. And if you are enjoying picking up what we're putting down, then we'd love you to share that love. Uh, sure, on social media is great and all, but I think what would really get the ball rolling is if next time you're at your local pub, go to the bathrooms, bring a permanent marker. For legal purposes, I can't advise you to graffiti private property, but I can say that if I should happen to see, for a good time, listen to the hook cooks written on the toilet door, I'll be very proud of you. <laughs> These are getting longer and more interesting. <laughs> it's, it's getting longer. Thank you to Lesnar for our opening theme, Sailing Away. And of course, thank you to Jack's mum for the side salad. Hey, Sam. I've been Connor, your larder critter. I'm just about playing the role of Jack. And I am Mitch, your lovely monster chef. Thank you so much for joining us. Are we happy boys? <laughs> yes, yes, cheers. I did think that you said hit him with a sack of batteries. I mean, that's how you recharge things, right? Um, (laughs) You must have really gone through the Game Boys, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I can never get the recharging bit of it to work. I never figured it out, man. I I keep filling the sock with rechargeable batteries. Smack, smack, smack. (laughs) 